Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is the Everyday Teacher Podcast. My name is Patrick Pollock, and we're coming to you with episode 11. And um, I'm more than excited about this interview. Uh, this kind of got me almost nervous, uh, more so than my first one. I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Coach Matt Hauser, who is the head women's coach at Columbus, Columbus State University. And uh, we'll give an opportunity to kind of tell people where that's on the map. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Great. Doing perfect, uh, awesome. and it's afternoon for us over here in Georgia. So that's we're, right. We're that's doing good. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. The peak. There, there you go. Geography one hundred and one. Columbus State uh, is in Georgia. Um, so how I know Coach is uh, he is a few years younger than me, and he is a fellow Laguna Hills Hawk. And uh, I was actually my second year out of college when he was a freshman. So I would have been ninety. 9192. Um, and uh, he came in as a gangly little individual, a little 5'10, 120 pound freshman, um, but just continued to grow and grow. And, and he's got a great success story. And I'll let him tell about his kind of his basketball path where he's at today. Um, but that's how we met. And then we reconnected years later when I got back into coaching, when he was coaching at a a powerhouse for a girls program here in, in South Orange County. We've reconnected and uh, we've just kind of stayed in touch. So uh, that is a, the, the, the reader's digest version, but coach, why don't you give our listeners kind of like your pathway, not only from your freshman year in high school, but your path leading up to being a division two head girls basketball coach. Uh, I think you're giving me a little bit too much credit with 120 pounds. I'll take it. I'll take all the extra weight I can get. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I came in at like, I think 510 in high school and, um, you know, didn't know where I didn't think basketball was where I was headed. Um, uh, and then in high school, like you said, uh, when we first met, you know, everybody was way ahead of me and you know physically and everything it was just skill and uh but then every year you know I kind of grew two inches every year and just you know kept uh, getting taller and longer and um everything started connecting and then all of a sudden uh you know started picking this up a little bit and realized that I you know had a shot at playing maybe after high school and uh wanted to pursue that and uh completely dove in I think it was my junior year in high school and um and then, yeah, so then it just came to, you know, the length and the skill and everything kind of combining. I think one of the great things of why I had such a great career was because of my height. I was a guard. I was actually a point guard when I came into high school. And then over all this time, all those guard skills and the shooting and the speed and everything kind of just stayed with me while I, you know, shot through the roof all of a sudden. And, I mean, you've seen uh, a lot of players like AD is now for Lakers and you know a bunch of you know kids that were short in the beginning and just had all this stuff and all of a sudden they just right. shot through the roof and right. um it stuck with them and I was just very fortunate to you know have that and so then you know college I got to um had to go to JC I just you know wasn't back in the 90s and you know it's funny that everybody's watching the last uh, the last dance which is awesome because uh 96 was when I graduated Right. So I came out with the Kobe Bryant's, the Paul Pierce's, the KG's, you know, that was my era. And, um, and it was all about, 
you know, being huge and physical and posting right. up and, you know, how, how big you were. And, you know, and it's kind of funny because my game is, was actually, you know, way ahead of its time. It would be more for what we're doing now. And, right. um, so I was very, you know, six foot eight, you know, when I finished six foot eight and a half, I think I am now almost six, nine, and I was just a two guard professionally. And, so the speed, the shooting on the outside, the being able to take it off the dribble and just, you know, attack and do all these type of things, that, that's what I brought to the table when I came into right. college. And uh, I was lucky enough to, you know, train with some uh, pro scouts and some trainers out here in Southern California that were working with all the, you know, the Clippers right. and Lakers and everything. And right. um, they were telling me, you're not a post, you're, you know, you're outside and you need to, you know, increase all that, you know. And so I just focused on that. And then... Um, yeah, and then it just, you know, got picked up, you know, um, you know, got to play professionally for eight years, got to play in Germany, got to, you know, uh, opportunity with the NBA and everything. And, you know, I'm just very fortunate. And then um, and then the coaching bug hit. I knew I wanted to be a coach. I didn't know what side I wanted to be on. I thought I was sure. going to be on the guy side. But as you know, um, uh, I've been around women's basketball my entire life. My sister played at Laguna Hills as well, and she was right. that uh, group that won state and with type right. on, you know, with yeah. the Olympian. And mm. so they were just a tremendous team. And I got to see my sister do something pretty special and go to USC in the Pac-12. And um, and so yeah, so I got to see the ups and downs of women's basketball. And so mm -hmm. then uh, while I was playing professionally, um, all the the summer pro leagues and everything were here in Southern California. So every time you come back. You, you know, I had to be here in LA or Orange County, you know, training, practicing. But during that time, my dad was coaching at uh, Laguna Hills and helping with the right. women's high school program. And he just, you know, was like, Hey, can you help train a player? So one summer I was like, yeah, you know, and uh, one, you know, I trained, I think one or two that summer. And then the next summer I came back that two turned to 10 and then the next summer it turned to 15. I mean, right. it just, you know, yeah, worked. Next, next right. Role, right, right, right. <laughs> so, awesome. I mean, I was just doing it just to, you know, just to do it. And then, you know, put a team together and play in a summer league. And then, you sure. know, and, and so then all this kind of stuff was, you know, going down. Right. And then it was my sister who was the one that kind of told me, it's like, look, this is something that you need to be doing. You need to coach, right. uh, you know, us because, you know, you're just connecting with them on such a, you know, true level. And it's just very right. rare because we don't get a lot of good coaches on our side. They all transition right. to the guy side or they're just not sure. in it. You know, they don't want to, you know, deal with it. There's not that much money that's involved or whatever right. it is. And so that's what got me started. And um, so, and then, you know, I was like, okay, then that's what I want to do. Coach women's basketball. And that's how uh, I talked to my friends at Nike and Adidas and, you know, wanted to start a club program and, you know, everything's about talent. So they're just like, right. we got you just uh, go out there and show us that you can get some talent. We'll, you know, help you. and. Right. You know, I turned. Uh, I had a club program called OC Lead, and it was one of the top Adidas programs in the nation. Right. And, That's right. And started hosting all the tournaments for you know all the club teams to come. And then Santa Margarita came calling because they heard I was you know doing that and got the head coaching job at Santa Margarita. So I mean, it was kind of like that's how everything transpired. Um, I could have been playing a little bit longer. I just saw a lot of, you know, guys that hung on right. to it uh, for sure. a long time, but they were scared to come back because now they're competing with 24 and 25 year olds. Right. And um, so, yeah, so I just decided to, you know, call it and start my career that would be lasting longer than basketball. So, right. No, that's, that's awesome. And, and what's, what's kind of cool in, in, 
in a weird, weird way, we kind of share a very similar journey as, as far as our path. Now, obviously, um, I'm still waiting for my growth spurt. You know, I, I think I topped, I, you know, I think when I graduated to college, I was a smidge under 5'10", and now I'm lucky if I'm 5'8 on a good day. So I'm still waiting for that growth spurt. So, you know, I'm sure it's going to happen any moment. But what I mean is, is you know, like a number of guys that came out of Laguna Hills High School, and, and there's only a handful that went on to play college, at least from the time that we played. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we had to kind of have that self-motivation. What do I want to do? Seek out the people to help us to do it. Um, and, you know, it, again, my journey was, was you know, a little similar. You know, I played a year uh, at Saddleback under Coach Brummel. And, and for me, that was I, – I think I won the war of attrition. I mean, you know, as well as I do, JUCO is very transient. Kids are coming and going, and, and it's, you know, I think your group had, a, I think, a, probably a lot more OC guys where the group I played with at Saddleback that Brummel brought in were from all over, and it right. was a vagabond group at best. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I was able to walk on and play two years at UC San Diego, you know, Division three. But I think it, it, it you know, from the time now, you know, with, and we'll definitely talk about this a little bit later, the, the level of exposure that kids have, you know, we were playing in the ARC league up at Artesia high school or the summer league um, or the spring league at Saddleback, or, or, or maybe you were on a, a, a double pump league up in LA. If, if you were really lucky, you had to know people to get in there. You know, we were very limited in how we could get exposure. You know, one, I think the thing that probably that might've helped you and kind of sort of helped me is when, you know, Coach Mulligan took over the IBC program after he left UCI. They were using Laguna Hills as gym. And, uh, you know, that first year, uh, you know, the first two years until the gym was done, you know, at least we got Laguna Hills kids got some exposure. You know what I mean? Um, so that might have been, uh, you know, that was kind of a good thing, at least, you know, for me, just to kind of see what's out there. Um, but uh, again, the thing that I was always impressed with reviewing your bio and then start conversations is that you recognized what you needed to do to get to where you want to go. And, and I think that, you know, Paul Lamont, again, who's younger than me, a couple years older than you, you know, same thing, was able to kind of kind of grow into his own, have a great D3 career, play a couple years overseas in Australia, and I, th I think in Australia. Um, you know, but, but same thing, you know, so dude, gotta look, gotta love technology and we're still recording. That's the beauty of it. Gotta love All right. It. I, I gotta, you gotta love it. So you're right. like you were talking about Paul Lamont and everything. Yeah. And keep going. Yeah, no. So it's just, uh, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, you have to recognize the, 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 in order to get from A to B, you have to do the workload. And I know, I, again, just the, the people I know that I've had a privilege to play with, the players to coach with, they, they kind of have that mentality. And we're going to talk about like kind of players and stuff like that here in a minute. So, um, so with that being said, what, what were, what were some of your biggest influences that help you prepare for being a head coach? Um, I think that's what we were talking about before that kind of be shocked. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you might have a lot of people, um, especially Ivor, that, you know, you talked to earlier on a, I don't know, your second or third podcast, you know, um, 
that coach at Denver and, you know, Boston and everything oh, yeah. know very well as well. Uh, um, talked right. about, you know, him recruiting some of our kids and all this stuff earlier, but um, you know, you can have someone like that, that's, you know, under somebody that was a grad assistant, a video coordinator, assistant coach, you know, these right. type of things. And I never, I never had that. I never, even when playing, I never really had, um, like you were talking about, like how you were going to go out there and get it done on your own. And, you know, that's, you know, you hear a lot of like self-made and people don't believe about it because it's like, there's always someone It's like, I mean, that's, that, that is a case. You, you have people that believe in you and, you know, want to see you successful and want to do this type of stuff. But then there's, you know, something different than that, than someone taking you under a wing and, you know, kind of showing you the ropes and, you know, doing these type of things. So I was more along the lines of like what you're talking about. I wanted to play college. So I had to go out there and figure out how to get it. You know, um, I, uh, wanted to play professional basketball. So I literally went out and, uh, at the time of the summer league, you would have, there was a tryout, you know, option to be on a team to play against all the pros and everything. And I went and tried out, um, uh, the agent that I was training with, uh, decided to go with his group, you know, and put a team together and I was left out. And so I could have, you know, whined and, you know, right. That. And, but I just went to a tryout and made a team. And then from that, you know, um, scouts were taking notice and then all of a sudden, you know, that's how that whole thing transpired. So, um, and with coaching, you know, I never was an assistant coach. I started my club program. Um, I had a business background. That's what I majored in and marketing and advertising. And, uh, um, you know, and I just did the research myself on what to start doing and then, uh, took everything that I learned when I was playing from all these other coaches and everything, what I liked, what I didn't like. Right. And uh, started uh, coaching right away, you know, and learning by failure, learning by success. Sure. And um, and when I went to Santa Margarita, I was very fortunate. Uh, one of my really good friends at the time, his name is Cameron Soupy. He's he's the uh, one of the coaches for the Washington Wizards right now. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we know Scotty Brooks and all those guys from from Orange sure. County earlier and everything. But um, you know, he came in with me my first year, and I told him I didn't want to do it on my own because. You know, I, I really don't know that much as as what I want to learn. And I want to learn how to uh, start my own system and all that, you know, what I want to be known about. And so he came in right. with me and we collabed together and uh, we won a CIF title my first year there. Right. Right. And <laughs> That'll so, be the overachieve out of the gate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was just more about um, I had to learn on my own of language and you know, what works, what doesn't work. So you can go both ways. So I I tell coaches all the time, you can start as a grad assistant, a video coordinator, learning from somebody, you know, doing this stuff. And you can be an assistant coach for 15 years and 14 years, you know, and you can learn and then you get your opportunity as a head coach, you know, but I, I got to grow up faster and to do these things faster because I had the opportunity to go in right away, you know, total two feet in and, Mm -hmm. I had to find out what worked and what didn't work, you know, what, what, you know, system works, you know, what defense works, what do I like, what do I, you know, and I had to do that on my own because, you know, as you know, as a head coach, all winning and losing falls on your shoulders, you know, the assistant coaches and everything, they can suggest and do all this kind of stuff, but you know, it falls on us. So, um, so I just started that. And then um, the, the crazy story is that the true story, you know, 
for anybody who's watching this, if anybody was wondering how I got into this. So at the time, I wasn't really looking to go the route that I went because, you know, I wanted to go on the Pac-12. That was my goal, to be at right. USC. My, my parents are from there. My dad was an All-American there. The school of business is, you know, right. Gordon Marshall School of Business. That's my grandfather. Right. That's all I wanted to do. I mean, I've studied that Pac-12, and I think it's one of the <laughs> right. you know, great conferences and everything. And I set myself up for that, um, you know, networking and being, you know, involved with the club and all these other things, sure. and just getting great relationships. And, and that was okay, just doing the hard work and just, you know, putting myself in there. And then, um, lo and behold, uh, I got a meeting with uh, Pat Hayden. Um, my grandfather set up meeting up with Pat Hayden and just me, him, and in a golf uh, club, clubhouse. Right. And he was just really interested with what I had to say and everything. And he was trying to get me on staff there. And that was during the last year of Michael Cooper. Right. And because Mike Cooper wasn't out in it, then the next coach that came on, Cynthia Cooper. And mm. so then the great Donna Heinel that we all know about um, that has been in the news this past couple of years. Um, mm. She was the one that um, told me that I would come on, but I had to sell all my companies. I'd have to quit at Santa Margarita and all this stuff. Right. And the only program that I would do that for would be at USC. And uh, so I did. And, you know, I made one uh, choice that resulted in, um pulling the rug from under me and then they didn't oh. hire me and right. I was out and so right. I had to start from square one again and but at that moment I was like you know what I'm not going to go back to club and high school and everything and right if I decide I'm going to start college I'm going to I want to be in college I want to be a college coach I want to be a college head coach and so right. the only job at that time Concordia was looking at some you know, volunteer slash grad assistant to come on. So, and that was 10 minutes away from the house. And so I came on there and then Azusa Pacific, you know, um, sure. saw me at a, you know, recruiting and, you know, they were looking at, you know, someone to help. And so I came on over there and, and then, um, and then after that, uh, the coach over here at Columbus state was looking for an assistant coach, but the athletic director knew that she was going to move on. And so not only were they looking for an assistant coach, they were looking for a coach that they could also look at as the next head coach. Oh, okay. And that's what really, and you know, got me excited about that was I wanted to get back in the head coaching chair. And sure. so then um, after the interview and everything came out here, took a chance again, you know, uh, moved, sure. I had to move the family out here and everything. And, you know, and the scary part of this industry, you know, you, you can move your family out here and then it doesn't work out and then you're, you know, stuck in a state or, you know, so. Right. But then, you know, six months of being here, she got a, you know, new job. And then all of a sudden, bam, awesome. head coach at Columbus State. So, um, so yeah, so that was kind of my, how I got involved into the, right. uh, the college coaching. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And, and, you know, first year out, you guys, what, won 19 games, 20 games? Yeah, 19, year? yeah. Yeah, yeah 19, no, that's so... Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that I've seen just, just being able to follow coaches and I went when he was coaching at Concordia my, my daughter uh, took my daughter and her little club team at the time, we went and watched you guys play and um, definitely had some, some good sized kids, but the, the level of, of how they moved and worked and their response to the coaching um, 
it is really a testament to, I think, how you're able to communicate. And we're going to talk about communication in a minute. But really the main focus that I wanted to bring Coach on today about, and, and I think he's, he's a great person to talk to about this, is, is building culture and going from the, the West Coast to, to really the East Coast to, to, to the state of Georgia. Um, you know, there's a lot of differences, obviously, from West Coast to, to east, Southeast. Um, you know, what were some of the things that you wanted to do to help build a culture? You know, you know, if there's like a, like a 10,000th view of what your culture would look like, what's that? But what were some of the things that you did right away that you thought had an immediate impact to get your student athletes to, to, to buy in. And then really the whole framework of this is, is building culture with student athletes because um, at, at coaches level, at, at the high school level, it, it's different. It, 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 you know, sports is a part of the community where in some cases, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, it, when you go to college, you might be viewed as an athlete first and a student second. And we're, you know, hopefully at the high school level, you're a student first and athlete second. So, you know, how do you build a culture knowing full well that you have your students they are not just athletes? So that's kind of a big, huge question. So feel free to dissect it um, as you see fit. Uh, well, let's circle back. Um, in high school or college, it doesn't matter. You're going to be considered an athlete first if you're a superior athlete. So let's very true. Very, very clear. True. About that. Yeah, okay. no, that's, um, I don't disagree with that. So, um, you know, we all know that, you know, if you're a superior football player, basketball player, tennis player, whatever it is, you have an opportunity to, and this is at high school level, especially in, in right. college that I'm not saying that you're going to be treated differently, but you're going to be, um, a lot of people want to see something that you're going to do here in the future. And they're going to try to help, you know, um, hopefully as a teacher, you know, a classroom professor or someone to help them to, um, like you, you were talking about, you know, uh, graduate, help them uh, make sure that they're getting their, their understanding of the course down or whatever it is, because, right. you know, the last thing you want to see for a great uh, person in athletics or whatever is to see them fail or to see them not be able right. to be NCAA compliant or anything to move on to the next level. Right. Um, so like you said, that culture of like at a high school or whatever that, you know, the whole community is behind, um, they want to see that person succeed. They want to see that person um, do what they are showing, what they might be able to do at the next level or beyond. Right. So um, and in, in college, it's kind of, you know, like you said, it's the same thing. And you'll have professors that are, uh, you know, buy in for uh, you know, we're, our mascot is a cougar and they're just, you know, all about cougar athletics and they're just, you know, wanting to see them succeed right. on and off the court. And so, um, and like you said, you know, that, that term student athlete is, uh, you know, it's kind of a term that is to protect the NCAA from, you know, athletes, you know, getting, you know, paid and getting all these right. you know, benefits right. and all this kind of sure. stuff. So it's a term that is thrown out there that um, in reality was made up to make sure that, you know, uh, legal wise, you know, those kids know, and you're seeing the change and the change right. is coming. Absolutely. So I, I'll let you know this right now. Um, the ruling is going to be that kids are going to be paid for the image and likeness and going to right. be allowed to now sell autographs. I'm a, you know, I wish I was, 
<laughs> I wish this was when I was playing, man. This has been awesome. But um, yeah. because, you know, it is now such a big industry to now that sure. the, the players and everybody and the athletes are being very aware of. But at the same part, um, there's so many doors that these kids do not understand what this sport is going to open up. And yeah. going back to culture, what you're talking about, you know, one of the things about the culture and, you know, what I bring to the table and I'll talk about, you know, the culture in the beginning, but is for me to kind of help them understand. And because I lived it, I never knew where basketball was going to take me. And I never knew how many different type of doors just playing basketball was going to open up. And, right. and it's, you know, something that I'll never forget. Uh, I played, you know, um, with so many great players, but one of these uh, great players in uh, that played in Germany, he, 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 I'll never forget the statement that he said, he goes, make sure your eyes are wide open and you know, when a door opens up that you at least open the door and see what it's about. You don't have to walk through the door, but right. open the door and see what it's about because you never know if that door is going to open up again or that's going to, you know, close Absolutely. because some people will never have that door open in their whole life, you know? And so right. <laughs> I just, that stuck. So, right. you know, so with me. And so when that happened, all of a sudden now I'm getting a phone call to, you know, be in a commercial. And then that stemmed to being in movies. And now I'm in semi-pro with Will Ferrell and all this. And then all of a sudden I'm getting opportunities to be, in, you know, a CEO of a company. And it, it's just right. the steamroll that came from all this kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, I met my wife, you know, in Germany. You know, I'm playing professionally in Germany. And I, I would never thought I'd be traveling around the world, you know, in so right. many different places. But all that came from just making sure my eyes were wide open and, um, you know, noticing what doors were opening. So the culture that you're talking about is, is everybody talks about culture. Every coach is going to say my culture, my culture, my culture. My thing is this. It's, it's not so much college culture and high school when I was in high school is different. The thing that I, I adamantly have to start off with, no matter where I'm going, is my thing is lead by example. Right. So there's no way you're going to have anybody buy into what you're doing if you're not leading by example. So right. you can talk a big game, you can sell a big game because there's a lot of salesmen in this industry. There's a lot of, you know, people right. and the kids now are growing up faster because they're, they have so much information at their hand. They know that you're lying now. They know if you're telling something that's, you know, right or wrong. Back when we're playing, our coach could have said, Matt Hauser is the best basketball player of all time. He's the best, you know, two guard in the nation, all this kind of stuff, not knowing anything else. But now they can right. on the phone and be like, you know, see the ESPN 100 and see, no, Matt's not even on the lip. You know, it's right. like that fast. So you have to be able to go in right away and, it's about earning that trust and that respect. And the way that I have always lived my life is just, I do by example. So my thing to start anything and what you're talking about, um, and my sister, you know, being around my sister, and especially on the women's side, there's no way you're going to win. There's no way you're going to be successful if your kids do not respect you and will not go through, you know, above and beyond for you and go through that brick wall for you. And that starts with them, you know, respecting you and seeing what you're doing on a daily basis. And so it doesn't start right away. It just starts over, you know, it can start in two months. It can start in three months. It can start in a week. It doesn't, it's just, 
they will start seeing it and they will start buying in on their own. If you're just, what you're telling them is going to be, you know, not only said, but is going to be done. And one of my main terms that I say is actions speak larger than words. And especially in this day and age where you can type any saying, any word on Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever. And you sound like you got the, you know, the, the best slogans, the best things or whatever. Right. It is now even more important to understand that actions speak louder than words. And those kids and your team and your whatever, if you're teaching a class, they need to see the actions. And that is what is starting a culture about. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, 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 and whether the, the gym is your classroom or, you know, me, the virtual space or even in brick and mortar, you're right. I mean, kids see through the nonsense. And, you know, if you're not authentic, if you're not true to your convictions and, you know, you're not going to get buy-in. I mean, you're just not in really a finite group, a finite space that really a basketball team is. Um, you got to have everybody, you know, moving in the right direction. And um, so how are you able to communicate your message effectively then with your players? You're dealing with students that are uh, ge geographically could be from all over socioeconomic. They could be all over, um, you know, just their nationalities, their races. I mean, the, you know, college sports is a great melting pot. And, and, and some high schools are as well, but, but now you're dealing with young women. You're dealing with um, some kids that may have seen some things that might have stories to share or to tell. Um, how, how then are you able to effectively communicate your message to this group of people? I think it's, um, it's so funny that you asked that question because I just met a, uh, a great uh, high school coach in the state of Georgia. Um, a little while ago up north, um, kind of like uh, the Gary Knight over, you know, modern day. Right. Sure. I referred to him like, you know, he's been here for, you know, 25, 30 plus years, you know, been in right. the game forever and he has a system and he, you know, just, right. he's a winner and everything. And he asked, you know, was talking about the same thing. And I said, I think the reason why um, no matter where you're from or no matter, um, you know, you know, you might be from a different country, you might be from a different state, different, you know, like you said, um, a wealthy background, a harsher background, whatever it is. Um, I think the, the thing with me is just being patient and, and the patience, and I always say that, you know, with, especially these girls and, you know, my team and everything, they have to understand the why. And sure. the why equals patience and not a lot of coaches are patient enough to explain the why. So right. if I'm running, if I'm doing this, if I'm doing this, why, what's, what's the purpose of what we are doing here? And I'm just very focused and just making sure that they understand the why. And if it takes a little longer, I don't look at somebody that, like you said, you might get it in two sentences. Boom. You might get it. Right. Um, someone might not get it for, you know, two weeks to a month. And sure. that's not, that's not to say that that person is better or worse than the other person. Right. It's just, you're just waiting for it to click because you know, when it does click, I recruited you or I, you know, have you. And the same thing in the classroom as well as you know, this as any teacher, right? All these kids are going to take information in, you know, at, you know, speeds of their own. And it's, 
you know, you can see a teacher and you can see a coach get frustrated because they're not all getting it, you know, all at the same pace that they want to. And it's just, you know, for what you're talking about, it is making sure that you are patient and understanding that we're going to keep working this. If you have more questions, if you have this, we're here for you, you know, that type of thing to speed it up, to help you, you know, because we want to see you succeed successful. And the more that you start understanding this, the more successful that you're going to be. And so that becomes addicting. So when the kid starts being successful and starts right. seeing it, guess right. what? They want more understanding. They want more information. Sure. They want to, you know, listen more. So you're right. just waiting for that success, you know, to hit. And then they just, it's just, a, you know, a, a, it's like that snowball rolling down the hill. It starts growing right. and getting bigger and bigger and just starts steamrolling on its own. Right. It's funny that you said that, you know, because I mean, I coached lower levels. I was a varsity head coach for four years. And then I went back that next year to coach freshmen again. And um, what was great about that and the thing that I got caught up in right when I got to the helm was was exactly what you talked about. Like, why don't you understand this? It's not hard. Down screen, shoulder rub you know, whatever it is. And it, kids just couldn't get it. And then the worst thing I, I, I did was like, okay, if you can't do it, then get out. You know what I mean? I got to find somebody else to do it. And then you become, you know, you then neglect what that kid brings to the table. And, and again, it's no different in the classroom. I think as teachers, you know, we have these overarching goals that we want to hit. But the reality is, is that's like the end of the race, you know, far too often, you know, we're trying to run the, we're trying to finish the marathon in, in one lesson or one practice or one season. And I think it's one of those deals. Like, I, I love what you said, you know, you got to have, you know, have an understanding that everybody's going to interpret things differently that, you know, there might be just different terminology. There might, whatever it is and having that grace, having that patience, continue to work with those kids knowing where their potential is. You can see it. They can't see it. But as soon as they start having success, man, it's, you know, they just can't get enough. And then, and then that's when it, that's when coaching or teaching is is really fun. When you see your students, your student athletes, your players really begin to have a taste of success. And then it goes back to that trust. They're like, wow, coach invested this time. Look at the success I'm having you know, I'm, I'm going to fall on their grenade for this guy. No problem. And, and I think that that's, that is the fun part of coaching. That is definitely the fun part of, of teaching. And that's, yeah. And I think it's, you summed it up great. And, and something just, I'm going to back up just a second here and, and then we'll talk about academics in a second, but I want to, there's something I sent you this morning. And for the listeners, this question came from my wife. My wife is the brains of this operation. She's the smart one in the family. Um, and, and here's the question. It's twofold. N- number one, what does recruiting look like right now? And, and it kind of, this kind of funnels into like really the second part of the question is what do you tell a high school student right now who is trying to get a scholarship somewhere, whatever sport, you know, you know again, my daughter plays softball. Um, the, 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 the travel softball championships were canceled due to COVID. So, uh, you know, what do you, what do you tell these kids right now that are, are really trying hard to get a scholarship when quite frankly, they can't play? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the one thing that is so important for 
all these, you know, um, kids who are playing and you know, aspiring to play at the next level and everything to understand that um, we're all in the same boat, which means that it's not like, you know, we're all out recruiting and not watching you and, you know, doing that. We're all at home. We're all not allowed to do these things. You know, we're all um, being told to wait. And now uh, this transforms into same thing for, you know, what we're asking the kids to do, you know, the, the PSAs and all these, you know, right. work on your craft and get better. And just, you know, you want to make sure that when that, you know, uh, bell rings and, you know, allowing the college coaches to come out and see you in any type of sport, that you are ready to shine. You're ready to go out there and show what you're capable of doing because right. now the discrepancy is going to be even bigger. Uh, we know who was in, you know, the, uh, the court getting up shots or outside running right. or lifting and doing this stuff on you. And you know, the difference between the kids who were sitting on the couch the entire time, we are going to be able to see that very quickly. And <laughs> that's a showing of, you know, immediate, you know, to us on, okay, well, we now know what you're going to do in your downtime. We know what you're going to do, you know, um, right. off season and these type of things. So, all, all we're doing is, you know, the coaches are being very patient and, you know, we're not fighting or not, you know, we're just waiting when we're told that we can go out and we can start watching. And it's just going to transform where kids normally sign earlier. Mm -hmm. They're just going to sign later. It's just going to, you know, happen. And it's with the understanding of, it's not because the coaches didn't believe in you or the coaches didn't, you know, want to watch you or whatever. It's because of what's going down right now. So it's just going to be a little bit later to where you're going to see a lot of kids, you know, committing and, you know, getting offers and that type of stuff. The same thing goes with us. I'm not offering a lot of kids due to the fact that I was supposed to go watch them. And, you know, the offers are going to come out probably, you know, after the April, May viewing period and after July watching these kids, but, we didn't get out to go and see them. So, right. and you know, it's, you know, it is a business and our jobs are, you know, on the line to making sure that we, you know, get sure. the right kid, the right fit and to make sure that we are putting our program in the, the right position with every type of kid that we bring in. And so we just want to make sure we're doing our homework, crossing our T's and dotting our I's. And it has nothing, you know, in any shape or form and, in regards to if we look right now that they're bad and we don't care. No, right. we do. we're just being patient. And so it's just very important for them to understand that and to be patient as well. But I will tell you this, what we're doing, like we've, you know, the kids are working, the coaches are working on their craft. So right. yeah, we can go out and spend this time and to go out and recruit and everything. But I'm telling you, we are on so many zoom meetings we are constantly <laughs> growing the game within ourselves, you know, asking right. each other, what were you doing over here? What does that mean? And what right. does this term mean? And, ooh, I like that. I want to take that. And I'm going to, you know, that's all we're doing right now. That's all right. we're trying to do is just get better. So when that time does come over on the court, we're better as ourselves. And going back right. to, you know, to the first point of culture and, you know, doing right. everything, you know, actions speak louder in words. If we're asking, if I'm asking these kids to go above and beyond and to, you know, especially my kids who are, you know, on the team and my 
recruits that are coming in to work their butts off and get stuff done and do this on your own. I better be doing the same thing on my end and not just sitting on the couch and watching TV and Netflix and binge watching, you know, I'm making sure that I'm being a better coach. (laughs) Right. So, um, so they just have to understand that's what the coaches are doing right now. We're just growing the game right now. We're working on becoming better. We're staying in touch. We're watching them through social media and we're just monitoring them. We are. It's just, there's only so much that we're able to do right now. And We're all, like I said, we're all in this gate, like the race, right. you know, we're all in the blocks. We're just, the doors haven't opened yet. And so when the doors open, you're just going to see everybody and their mom go out there and just start watching <laughs> right. and getting out there. So we, right. we have all this ready um, right. and we're just waiting for that opportunity. So it's like you said, you know, you know, we talk about patience. We talk about the port of patience. The important of patience is just to focus on your craft and to make sure you are ready. And this comes down to in a game, you might be on the bench, you might be, you know, a freshman, you have no clue when your name called, but if your name ever gets called, you better be ready for that moment because that's all anybody asks and was just waiting for. So um, it's just now that's what you're in right now. You're just waiting for your name to be called. You're just waiting for that moment. And how hard are you working to prepare yourself for when that time comes, I'm ready. I'm ready for, uh, to show and to see, you know, to let everybody know this is what I can do. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's awesome. And I, and I think it, it, unfortunately, and again, this is my opinion, you know, there, there is a perception that, you know, you, you, if coaches aren't talking to you, you don't, you're not necessarily on their radar. And I think there's a lot of, untruth to that i think you know there are a ton of schools that have teams out there and you know you can there's a need for players no matter what the sport is and and you know to your point right now you just gotta sit tight be patient and 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 you know control the things that you can certainly control and um the the clinic i saw a coach at i again i haven't been on the sideline for going on four years now and get itches around november and october october november and twitches and right. you know i spent a lot of time in the spring doing you know whether it was you know uh point guard college you know pgc and, and, and those guys and then uh the one that i saw you it was it was a breakthrough basketball that uh, did, i think it was the coach's clinic coach's oh. clinic yeah again that guy did an amazing job um, with that. And, and, you know, I hopped on your thing. I was like trying to ping you the whole time. Like, dude, I'm messing with you, but you know, it, it's like anything else, you know, the coaching community, like the teaching community, we're all in it to, to get better. And when you have an opportunity to do what we're doing right now, or to be able to talk to another coach in your conference or even another coach on your campus, um, to sit down and, and, and to be able to share thoughts and, and to spitball ideas, um, that may actually not have anything to do with the sport, but just in dealing with players and, and dealing with policy and dealing with, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is dealing with parents. Um, it, it's so huge that opportunity to, it, it is a small community, but there's a lot of people you can certainly turn to, to, to uh, share some knowledge and, and get better. So, so it, as a college institution, an academic degree, bearing institution mm-hmm. how do you handle academics with your athletes yeah i mean the 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 thing is you know we 
I would love for everybody that I coach to have the aspiration to play professional basketball. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I play professional basketball and it, it is an amazing thing, but the numbers don't lie. So not everybody is going to have that opportunity. What, um, again, we're talking about doors that open up, you know, basketball is giving these kids an opportunity to get a great college, uh, education and a great degree. And, we really focus on that and remind them of that, you know, daily to make sure that um, to help them with their careers, because I told them it's not about just winning and losing games with us. And I want you to give me a championship and cut down the net. Um, that's what I, you know, when we talk to recruits and everything, you know, I've been there and done that. I don't need to cut down a net. I don't need to, you know, have the fans rush the, you know, I live that life. So it, right. So I want to give that back to them. I want you to experience that. I want you to enjoy that moment. And so with that comes the other side of it is I want you to enjoy graduating and walking across and getting that degree and, you know, having your family, you know, watch you, you know, be someone, you might be the first, you know, uh, you know, person in your family to ever, you know, graduate sure. college. And so, sure. um, you know, and then again, we're talking about doors opening, you know, you don't right. understand how many doors are going to open. And this is another door that opens. And we have, you know, really focused on that with our, our program to where, you know, we, you know, enforce study hall and we make sure that, you know, we're monitoring them and we have a great academic advisor that works with our kids and making sure that we, um, the other thing is understanding professors that really know what it's like to be with a student athlete and their demands and, you know, um, to work with them and to make sure that, you know, we're always in, you know, connection and uh, communication with each other. Um, but at the same part, you know, we just want to see them graduate and we want to see them move on in their career. And, uh, like we talked about the winning and losing is great, but my thing is also helping them in any avenue that they want to get into after they're done playing at Columbus state. If it's being a teacher, if it's, um, you know, wanting to play overseas, if it's wanting to be an engineer, if it's wanting to go into plastic surgery, if whatever that case may be. That is one of our huge focuses because that is what actually, you know, sells your program. I mean, okay, great. You win games and you cut down some nets, but what are the kids doing after they're, you know, done with your program? What are they doing in the world? What have have they gone on to? And so that is one of the main things that uh, we really focus on because we want to help them uh, start their careers because we want to hear all those success stories because that's just one more success story. That's another one. And then they come back to the program and they give them back to the girls because at the end of the day, I'm a male coach. I get it. And they need to be around women who are successful and that have moved on in their careers and that can show them, um, you know, what they've done and that they can prove that after they're done playing basketball, that they're good. Yes, you can. You can watch that. My new office, as there we all have go. our kids in the office. Yes, exactly. That's why. That's why I'm in the garage. Right, right. <laughs> I'm No, I, I think that's great. I mean, yeah. you know, academics. I think far too often, and this is going to sound weird, but you know, academics goes unappreciated. I mean, it's important. I, I think it's preached differently at different places, but I think you know, I was, I'm still shocked to this day that I have a degree from UC San Diego. You know, you know, this, this is a school that is ranked in the top 100 in, in the country, not, not just California, but, 
you know, again, things were different in the nineties. So maybe I'll, I'll kind of chalk it up to that, but you know, I, I can't, um, any institution you go to now, and if you're able to play sports even better, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, that was the highlight of my college experience, being able to lace them up and, and, and play the, the two years I was at school. Um, and then on top of it, get a degree. And uh, I, I think the, the academics part of it, um, y- you know, I, I think it helps ground the student in, in, in a weird way. It becomes a, you know, a lot of times, and, and we've seen those people and um, your, your, your college uh, in particular certainly can be festive at times on the weekends. Um, but you, you still see how academics becomes the anchor in which the purpose of which they're there for. And I think that's great. And when you're in an environment, like you're part of a team and you have a group of people around you, uh, that are making that a priority and, and, you know, a number of students go away to college and they don't have that level of accountability. Uh, it's up to their own. And, and we see people go on academic probation after their freshman year because they've, they're experienced life for the first time. But you know, to be in a situation where you have those layers, you have people looking at you is, is huge. And I think, um, you know, I, I tell, you know, my oldest, I tell Tessa all the time, I said, look, if you can use sports to get into the college you want to go to, do it, you know, and, and whether you play a ton or not, if you walk on the team and, 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 and you, you get a jersey, trust me when I tell you, again, the thing that you've been preaching about, the doors that open up are huge and you, and you need to take advantage of it. doesn't mean you have to play for all four years, but if it gets your foot in the door, you become part of a group that you, that, that you see there's, you know, unlimited potential, then, then do it. And, um, you know, I would tell any of my, my students that if, if you have an opportunity to get an institution where you, people are holding you accountable, uh, it, it's huge. I mean, you end up, you end up achieving so much more than a degree. And, and I think that you definitely touched on that, which is, yeah. which is awesome. So, all right. I always like to end uh, our sessions with a quote and I could have gone in like a hundred different ways, but I, I know you and I have talked about wooden coach John wooden a lot. I don't know someone that, that you definitely uh, admire as do I definitely kids of our generation. Definitely. Everybody had the pyramid of success hanging in there. Um, their uh, the room at home um but but coach wooden says this and i think this really ties in well to what we've been talking about he says this be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your rep- while your reputation is merely what others think you are so again be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are so just give me some some initial thoughts on that this is one i'm sure you've read probably a dozen times but uh oh, I can what, the, what do you think what that is yeah um, do it. a great example of that quote is a college coach everybody's gonna like you um when you're winning and then if you start losing everybody's gonna hate you right what that has to do with your character has nothing to do with your character so again going back to um this industry can be very, very uh, harsh or, you know, everybody loves you at, you know, one moment, but to not derive uh, from who you are and what you're about and what your morals and your character is all about. And I think that is what um, is very hard to 
maintain as your character in this industry to, are you going to cheat? Are you going to um, stray away from doing what's right? And maybe if I can get away with this over here, that'll help me over here with, you know, there's a lot of that that will uh, come to you as, you know, you're in this industry. And it's just kind of up to you on what you're going to uh, stay true to and what you're going to be about. And, um, you know, and with that quote is what he's trying to portray of like, you know, what they read about you on now Twitter back then it was a newspaper or the radio or whatever it is, but now what they, you know, see you on Twitter and Instagram and on, you know, ESPN or whatever, that's all for show. That's the entertainment side of it, but actually who you are and what you're about, that's, you know, I'm saying for your family, your friends, and especially your team, because they are going to know who you are and what your character is about, you know, your kids in the classroom, you know, and like I tell everybody, you know, um, going back to that uh, quote as well, people wonder why I don't have, you know, my kids on social media and, my, you know, my you know, wife and all this kind of stuff is because if you are someone that is a true friend and, you know, family and all this kind of stuff, you get to see all that, you know. But at the same part, it's not, you know, in my eyes, you know, part about, you know, having that out there for everybody in the world and all this kind of stuff to be a part of, because that's just not how that's supposed to be. And, um, like you said, your character is going to be truly known to the ones that are supposed to know your character and supposed to know who you are. And if the fans, if the people that get to watch you on the entertainment side ever get to really get to see that and know that, they're just even a better, you know, place because they get to know behind the curtain who that person is. And right. um, that's all I want to do is just, you know, stay true to who I am and uh, whatever comes with it comes with it. But uh, I just want to have fun in the meantime. Right. No, that that's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, and I'll, I'll even kind of take a side quote is, you know, from the movie Pulp Fiction. It says, just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. And I think, right. you know, there is this, you know, per- presumption that if you're gregarious or outgoing, then then you have character. And I think that's the quite the opposite. And, and we see it all the time in social media is we can't hide. I mean, that is the harsh reality. Um, you could hide 15 years ago. You can't hide anymore. And, and we see it all the time. And, and, and that's something, I mean, I mean, I'm sure your, your institution does a very detailed over the top about the use of social media. I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to do it as a coach. Your players have to do it. I mean, we see it every year during the NFL combine that some tweet that a kid made his freshman year in high school about blah, blah, blah. And and now he's dropped four places because because of it. So we can't hide. Uh, um, And and, and to your point, you know, be true to who you are and, you know, surround those people around you that truly know who you are. So regardless of what's being said of you, they, they know the true contents yep. of, of, of who, you know, uh, who you are. So, yep. well, dude, th- this was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Again, you know, coach and I could talk probably another three hours. We can, you know, talk about horn set, maybe work <laughs> on upstream flex flare or something like that. I, I'm sure I could pick his brain on things that I'll probably never use, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> But uh, where, Coach, where can, uh, if people wanted to reach out to you and, and, and follow you uh, on social media, if that's something you'd like to share with the people? 
Yeah. Um, so the uh, our Columbus State, you know, social media. So we have uh, our um, Instagram, which is CSUWBB, you know, and our Twitter is CSU Cougar WBB. Um, and then for myself, you know, my Instagram is uh, Coach Hauser One, and my Twitter is Coach Hauser. So uh, very simple. Um, but awesome. you can follow us and get to, we're going to be doing whenever we're allowed back on the court, we're going to be doing something uh, really special here. We got a great group of kids. We got um, a kid who's actually trying out for the U18 German national team right now. Oh, wow. So we got a great group that's coming in great returners. So um, it's going to be something fun to watch and watch for the future. Cause the kids that are really spectacular, they're all freshmen. So everybody can now grow with them and get to follow them and, you know, get to see their growth and everything. And uh, so, yeah, really, really excited about it. So, yeah. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, we'll go ahead and get this posted again. Like I said, at the beginning of the the podcast, I was a little nervous because uh, coach had his uh, sports information director put a little post out there. So I got a little sweaty palms at the beginning because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm small potatoes, but I'm dealing with a big time program. So it's, it's kind of cool to, to be able to get that notification. So we'll, we'll definitely get this uh, up on the site here over the next if not this afternoon uh, by tomorrow. Um, you can follow us on, again, my Twitter handle is PJ Pollock one, two, three. I got a cornucopia of stuff there, but uh, you can see us on Facebook. Just type in the Everyday Teacher Podcast. You can follow us on there. Um, and then our podcasts are available on Podbean uh, as well as Apple Podcasts. Again, I'm very excited about that. You, you're kind of, uh, when you're able to kind of get on, you know, anything with Apple, it, it's kind of cool. So, and, and uh, you know, keep the feedback coming. Uh, I, I've really appreciated been able to talk to a few of you now just giving some feedback and I appreciate that. So coach, I'm going to let you go uh, so you can spend time with your family. But again, I deeply appreciate it. I miss you out here in SoCal, my man. Um, we'll be sending the West coast thoughts of, of uh, your way out into the, uh, out of the great state of Georgia. Appreciate it. And I'll let you know whenever we can start, you know, taking trips and flying back to California, you know, I'll definitely uh, let you know when I'm back in town. Absolutely. Don't forget, size large. I'm still waiting. <laughs> Got to get you one. You're the only one out there. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be the only uh, be the only Cal- uh, Columbus State Cougar representative out here in Southern there California. There you go. That's it. Yeah. All right, man. You have yourself a great day. I really appreciate your time. All right, bud. Take care. Take care. Later. Bye. Bye.